Maddie and I are huge avocado fans, so we are super excited to announce that this episode of Well and Good is brought to you by the Avo Tree. So these guys deliver the tastiest and freshest possible avocados direct from the orchard right to your doorstep. They also provide the best tips and tricks for how to care for your fruit so you can get the best out of your avos. Plus, every avocado is literally hand-picked to order, which means they're helping to reduce unnecessary supermarket waste caused by all those disappointing bruised avos we don't end up using. So we get one of their boxes delivered every fortnight, and to be honest, I don't think we'll ever go back to buying supermarket avocados. Just good quality, fresh avos delivered straight to your door. Kia ora team. Hi. Hey, so today is a pretty cool podcast with a fascinating guy called Jace Tepatu. Jace is a yoga and meditation teacher with a bit of a difference because he's using traditional Maori legends and concepts um, through his teachings and he uses them to improve the lives of children as young as like one year old, I think. Yeah, and he's also the owner of Afi Yoga and Wellbeing, which is based around the Maori framework of Hauora. He's he's quite a conscious thinker, and um, we talk a lot about the way we live our lives today and how things like technology, social media, and mental health are really impacting us all. And what I loved about our chat with Jace is that I felt like he's just a hug in a person. Like, even though it was over Zoom, I just really felt his energy, and it was just so warm and loving, and I just loved our chat yeah it was really cool and I love what he's doing um, through his uh, through his I guess his business M3 um, really trying to educate around mindfulness and things for young kids because that's where it all starts you know yeah totally he is spreading the good word and his message is just uh, really liberating and freeing and he's just a bloody great person really great person what a guy what a guy so I, I think you guys are going to love this one and hopefully you feel the hug through your headphones or car stereo or however you're listening to it anyway enjoy here's Jace kia ora Jace welcome to the podcast kia ora brother thanks for having me <laughs> oh I'm I'm excited for, for this chat because we um, we've seen your your TED talk and I just I mean, I cried my eyes out. It was it was incredible. It was really, really amazing. Mm, thank you. Um, so, can you can you give us a little bit of, of background on you, and can you describe what you do? <laughs> oh, that's a big question. <laughs> Where to start? Yes, yes. Well, I'll probably start if you don't mind. I was I've been doing uh, pepeha quite a lot lately with people, and in Maori we. Rather than say what we do, we say where we're from. So is it okay if I start there? Absolutely. Please. Choice. So, hiuri tēnei no ngā te apa, no ngā te tūwharitoa, no ngā te ruanui. That means uh, I papa to on my mother's side, ngā te tūwharitoa. Uh, that's from the region of Taupo. Uh, and in that iwi, we're renowned for taking care of the forest. So we're a forestry kind of iwi. Taking care of Mother Earth is how I like to kind of look at that. So I, I, I'm pleased with coming from that type of lineage. Uh, in Ngāti yeah. Nui, uh, I'm from Taranaki. Uh, I have generations back links to the Māori chief Tamaka Awarua. Uh, I'm honoured to be part of a chief lineage as well on my grandfather's side. My grandmother's side, I'm from Ngāti Apa. And that's kind of in Whangaihu. So, uh, 
my my great auntie is Tariana Turia, and she, back in the early days of her politics, she was renowned as being a bit of a, a rat bag. So <laughs> I suppose to sum me up, I love Mother Earth I'm from a lineage of leaders, and I'm a bit of a rat bag, and uh, I like to kind of. Uh, spark inquiry by upsetting the apple cart a bit. So I'm a bit, I'm okay to do that. So where am I now? I'm in Wellington and my fuddy. It's warm. I've got my cardi on. <laughs> Great cardi. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Lululemon, bro. Hard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, it's a it's a cool cardi. Like, it's not a kind of grandpa cardi. It's like I've a, got my grandfather's slippers on, though. My oh, ugg yeah. slippers. Whoa. Yeah, those, those are full, full grandpa mode, but I rate them. I love my ugg boots. Can't get enough. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yes, in Wellington, where I'm based, I've got a yoga studio called Uffy. And kind of everything I do in my world, it seems now, it's come to this place where I share not just yoga and meditation, but well-being under the Māori framework of hauora, which is our physical, mental, emotional, and social well-being. And so we do that. We uffy, we su- which means to support people with their well-being at our yoga studio. Uh, and then I also do that in, with uh, my mindfulness program, M3, uh, which teaches be- our beautiful Māori stories. There's so many cool Māori stories. And we take the movement of yoga and we teach the children that which is choice. I love watching kids do yoga because they've got better balance than me who's been doing it for nearly 20 years. <laughs> and uh, and then some mindfulness tools, which essentially is just learning to breathe, to calm our farms yeah. a bit, you know. I think we all need that. <laughs> yeah, our, our farms are not calm. Well, especially <laughs> currently I feel like there's a lot going on. I feel like just the, the world is... Um... It's quite volatile at the moment. It's all it's so heated, you know. Mm. It's easy to get caught up and to, I don't know, just become overwhelmed. Yeah, but do you know what I was I was saying to Art because because we've had like a couple of days of I've been trying to not really be on social media too much and I've tried to not go too deep into like news sites or anything like that, and I feel like um, it's made me feel like life hasn't changed that much, but. But it's when I go into social media and I go into like a deep dive of all this stuff, I can feel really just anxious and sad and doom and gloom. I'm like, oh man, the world's gone gone crazy. I don't know how we're going to get through this and all of this stuff. Whereas if you just take a step back and and focus on like what is actually happening around you right now, um, it can really make a difference. Childa. Ah, man, I hear you. I'm off social media at the moment too for those exact reasons. I I just feel like, okay, one of of the things I know you guys will resonate with this is that when you you have an opinion or when you're not afraid to speak your truth, like most of my posts are about, yes, helping, but also speaking my truth and what's going on with the moment for me, that can... Uh, upset the apple cart and it did the other day and this lady said to me be careful what you say because it can I can't remember what exact words were but she took something that wasn't even about her super personally and I wonder if we weren't in COVID times right if she like the context has given it a whole new meaning for her 
So there's something that wasn't even directed at her or about her. She took super personally and then attacks me with it and then said some quite mean words. I was like, oh, you know what, lady? Bless you. Blessings to you, but I don't need that. And also same too, I was looking at, I felt I was like hanging out for the one o'clock updates every day, which, and and then afterwards I was like, oh, I think it was last Friday we were waiting for the, was it 5.30 update where we were finding out what was happening in the country. I just felt myself afterwards going, what even was that about, Jace? (laughs) You know, like that anxious, (laughs) it was like brought on. Yes, with the furor of everyone else on that bandwagon, you know, and I was just, I've, I literally have to, to, turned into my grandfather because I'm lis- listening to Talkback Radio and Kerry Woodham and bloody Mike, whatever his name is, in the mornings. And, and, uh, mm. and so you've stopped that. <laughs> and, and I'm actually <laughs> practicing what I'm preaching and what you just said about being in the moment. Yeah, well, I, th- I think like people are carrying a lot of fear at the moment and they're carrying a lot of anxiety. And so I think it's a lot for like one person to carry. So we're projecting it onto others a lot of the time. So so I, I feel like a lot of people are just really sensitive, like not in a bad way, but but just very kind of sensitive to everything going on at the moment that something that if it was kind of pre-COVID times or when things weren't so intense things would just wash over them. But now, because we're carrying so much, it all just is, just feels very hot, doesn't it? It does. I kind of feel like there's this part of human nature that is drawn to the drama of things like this. And so we are waiting for that next news update because, oh, maybe it's a bit more drama that we can then, I don't know, talk about or in, in a weird way get excited about, you know? Yeah. Or right, or just be with what's going on right now. Like I went to in Wellington. We're blessed to still be at um, level two. So I went to my uh, niece's uh, what first birthday at this. I've never been there, but gosh, I know you've got you know Baba, and and I highly recommend going to Laugh a Lots. <laughs> It's a playground where they hold uh, birthday parties for, was her kohangareo, my, my cousin's kohangareo. So there are all these kids and they put on the food so they cater, you don't have to worry about it. And the adults, while the kids are eating, are on the playground. And I had the <laughs> best time and we got out of there an hour and a half later and not one word of COVID was mentioned. It was the most genius time and then the first thing we did was jumped in the car and the news was on and then the first words were COVID. I was like, oh, it was just nice to not be inundated with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, straight back into it. That reminds me of a a quote I remember hearing once that was, you know, encouraging us to spend more time doing things that make us forget about checking our phones. And, I mean, that kind of rings true as well. Spend more time doing things that make us not think about any COVID-related things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, Chase, one thing you mentioned before was um, about speaking your truth. I just wanted to ask you, what does speaking your truth mean to you? Great question. Speaking from your heart, speaking, and I know that's, seems very fury to people. Uh, I got asked this, I was speaking for Z Energy, the leadership team, there last week, and I saw this woman look at me and I was like, do you have a question for me? She goes, yeah, that I've always had an issue I feel 
buzzword triggered by that. I said, okay, what what is what is mm, speaking from one's heart mean to you? And she goes, it just means eerie fairy. And I said, okay, well, for me it means not giving a shit what anyone else thinks, being very super mindful that it may have an impact on someone in a negative way. So, you know, I don't want to talk about something that might trigger someone. Also, you can't you can't know what's going on in other people's lives. So it's in the moment and in the context what is true for me. And I let my heart guide me in that way. I think that's quite powerful. Do you do you find that you have found your truth over time? Is it or was there was there an instant when you were like, "Huh, I think this is me. This is my truth. You're I'm going to start less about other people's opinions." Yeah, or like I'm going to start doing these things because it really rings true for me. Yes, it's taken man forty six years of my, a lifetime of really truly getting to love myself I keep looking at that sign in the background because it's it reminds me every day to be that for myself before I can be that for others I just for the listeners the sign in the background is a love <laughs> of course yes, <laughs> love this is not visual yeah. thank you and uh, and and I and I hope to my my aim and and my hope is to be that in in life and in in how I'm being out there in the world which comes back to that speaking from truth. And if you speak with the intention of love, then it, then it needn't cause harm or suffering for others. So, yeah, what you were saying, Maddie, is it's caring less what anyone else thinks. That's taken a lifetime of yoga, meditation, self-work, mindfulness, all of that. And I feel like I'm only scratching the surface, therefore, of my potential because I tell you, my whole freaking life was has been about what other people think. Working at Les Mills as a trainer, being the poster boy for Les Mills for years when I was younger and fitter and less, here's that word again, COVID, dad, belly. Uh, oh, we've all got it. <laughs> uh, and but, but then also being a professional performer where my very validation of how I was doing in my career came from the applause that people gave me. I built a career around what other people thought of me. And so stepping away from that and coming into the world of yoga and meditation, which has, means very different things to me than what it might mean to other people who are on that path, uh, has meant that I've fallen, fallen in love with myself. And so I care less about what anyone else thinks of me. Uh, and, and so therefore I'm able to speak more honestly, more truthfully, um, mm. And also, therefore, mindfully, I feel. So it can have maximum impacts for people, especially if I'm teaching. I love that so much. And do you, because you'll probably um, find this too, Jace, is that like, that's what I love so much about kids, is that kids, they speak their truth. They they are their truth. And then it's like, we kind of lose that along the way with social con conditioning and just... It's like um, Aunt's mum calls it the dance. So, like, when you're little, you are just yourself. You're unapologetically yourself. Everything's out there. You say what you mean. There's no filters. But then as you get older, you kind of learn the social dance and you learn, like, what to say and what not to say and, like, how to please people and how to 
kind of mold yourself into what you think they want you to be yeah. or yes. you should be. Yeah, yeah. And then I think as you get old, old, like elderly, you start to not care about that. So it's like you, you kind of come full circle, like you start up not having it, you learn the dance, then you stop caring about it. And so so I feel like it just comes with age. But but that's why I love kids. Is that Do you, do you find that with working with kids? Oh, my God. I, mean, I did this post about, you must have read my mind, I did this post about uh, that very thing a couple of weeks ago and that it's so interesting. I've read so many freaking self-help books through my getting to know myself better, but actually the best teachers I've ever had are children. <laughs> they teach me so much how to play, how to be, how to, you nailed it, how to say your truth, how to n- not care. And there's this, uh, through because I work with children from z- uh, zero th- through to, at the moment, 13 with M3. And so I get the whole gamut and I get to see them almost uh, change as they get older uh, and what I have experienced and see is that the younger they are, they're untouched, I call it, call it, or unconditioned. And as they get older and they learn, oh, if I do this, then I then I might get the attention of that popular person or the teacher, do you see? And then as they get older, it just starts to, it, it, it gets even more. So that by the time they get to 12 and 13, uh, <laughs> They're sitting there like this. I know that listeners can't see me, but I've got my arms crossed with their rolling their eyes at me going, what are you going to teach me (laughs) kind of thing. And so then by teenager years, it's like, you know, there's also that how do I fit into this to this group or this school and there's how do I be caught, you know, like all of the other things they have to contend with. I love the younger kids because they're just so, oh, untouched <laughs> yeah. yeah they're just so so pure and yes. they also they've just got brutal honesty as well you know like they don't like something they'll just tell you yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i love that about kids. it is it's similar to to old people yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly so you're right yeah. it's full circle man you 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 get mm. you didn't care at the beginning of your life you don't care at the end of your life and in between <laughs> it's just like we care a lot <laughs> so much care yes. so much yeah, care. yeah. <laughs> hey jay so you um you kind of have been alluding to it a bit uh, about your m3 um mindfulness movement and, and program that you've developed. Um, and we've we've watched um, a TED Talk that you did, which was just amazing. But can you um, explain a little bit about what M3 is? Yeah, ma'am. Can I explain how I came up with it? Yeah, please, <laughs> please do. So uh, I mentioned that I have a yoga studio and one of my students said to me, uh, oh, man, I'd love for you to come out to our, our school because uh, – 80% Māori Pacific Island, and I reckon they'd really dig having a positive male role model and uh, to teach them some yoga, just come teach yoga. And I was like, yeah, I love teaching kids. When I was younger, I used to teach <laughs> hip-hop. Younger Jace used to teach hip-hop to kids out in South Auckland when I lived up in Auckland and worked at Lee's Mills. That was one of my favourite things if I was to look at my 
far out, almost 28 years worth of teaching. Um, one of my favourite times before M3 was teaching kids out in South Auckland. Well, actually, can I be honest, teaching kids in South Auckland how to hip-hop, that's total bull because they taught me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, can you do this though? Can you do this though? Actually, no. Sorry, you teach me, guys. You teach like, me. Yeah, I just don't want to show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I can do a backspin. Yes, I can do a headspin. <laughs> so I, um, I went out to the school and I realised that these kids, it's out in the hut, uh, didn't know our Maori stories, our Maori stories like Maui, for example fishing up the North Island or slowing down the sun. The only thing they knew about Maui was that he was a character from the Moa, Moana <gasps> movies. I know. Really? Oh, man. I know. And, and I mean, that says a lot about where our education system is headed. And, you know, I was brought up with those stories that were part and parcel of story time from such a young age. So to answer your question, that. M3 is Māori stories. We tell Māori stories and particularly the beautiful themes of our Māori stories, like the theme of uh, Rata and the Tōtara tree, for example, speaks about respect, respect for our environment. He cut down a Tōtara tree without asking permission from Tāne Mahuta, God, God of the forest, who can't resonate with the, you know, teachings of respect um, or the story of Mataruki, for example, that's just happened. The nine stars that come down to take care of Mother Earth. They have very specific jobs to take care of our the waterways, the food below the ground, above the ground, the wind, the rain, the fish, you know, like they have all specific jobs, but the, the overriding theme of the story is to take better care of Papatuanuku, and, you know, right now is a perfect time, I feel, to to really revisit that story <laughs> and to yeah. remember those beautiful practices that my ancestors had. We put the stories into movement, and because I come from a yogic background, we use yogic movement, which in and of itself are slow, mindful movements. And at the beginning and the end, we do karakia, but also, most importantly, breath work, which is the mindfulness aspect. And mindfulness to me means paying attention. I'm going to add in one more word, uh, non-judgmental attention to the moment, what's going on right now. Our children have so many, not our children, we all have so many distractions that either send us into the past where we hang out there and that can lead to depression or we hang out in the future, what's going to happen? It hasn't even happened yet, which can lead to anxiety. Uh, but what about if we were to hang out here in the moment where what you said at the top of our kōrero, uh, Mary, is perspective, is what what's going on right now is all that really matters and Nine times out of ten, if you were to ask yourself, how am I feeling, like, actually, right now, are things okay? I ask this question to the kids at school. Right now, with me here now, are you okay in the moment? Yes, is the answer. 
So if I can help our children to come into the moment more and more and more and more and be in the moment, experience the moment, rather than hang out in the past or in the future, then that will set, I feel, a generation of children up to be more mindful, not just about themselves, but about others. And most importantly, about how we're taking care of our environment. So everything, really. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and have you seen um, uh, a change in the kids after like working with them? Like do you kind of work with them on an ongoing basis or how does it? So it started off as just, I don't really like these words, but a side hustle, meaning that I had my full <laughs> my full time job as a after yoga uh, teacher and trainer of teachers, and so I just started off this little side thing, and then it just got more and more interest in it, which says to me, oh wow, there's a there's a, a demand that isn't currently being supplied to. And there was only other one other mindfulness program, and um, it didn't have a Maori lens or Maori outlook or Maori way of integrating into the practice. So that answer your question. I will just use one example, which is most topical. Last week I spoke at a, uh, or two weeks ago I spoke at a kahui. It's called, which is a cluster of teachers. They do every term a PD, personal development conference. And I got to speak there. And this lady ran out after me after I spoke and I was getting into my car and she was like, I have to tell you, after you came and visited our school, where you go and visit for 10 weeks, a whole term live, they get the videos, which are 10 videos um, to do at school as a lesson. They teach just pushes play. Um, and through doing that work, I was the duty manager in the playground the other day. I walked out into the playground and these two kids were holding hands, breathing, which is what I teach. I teach them tahirua toru, which is one, two, three, ah, to breathe out so that they can be more in the moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so what, what happened then? She said, well... They told me that they were fighting and one of the girls goes, we should do breathing. Oh <laughs> so God, they, no oh, they grabbed each other's hands and were breathing in the playground. Oh, that is so gorgeous. Oh, how cool. That is really cool. And I feel like that's just the ultimate, I don't know, just feeling of like you're doing the right thing like you're genuinely helping kids become calmer and more in the moment and helping alleviate that that kind of like pent-up anger that's that's so powerful imagine if we all did that you know like if every Mm. time we felt anger rise up or we felt a bit of aggression or anxiety we just stopped and breathed you know like driving down the road we just knew that like that was your first instinct is to react like that well it's like if people do a anger management course or like anger management for for kids and they are first told to like count so like if they feel angry they like count in their head they they count to to 10 or 9 or Mm. whatever but it's but it's the same sort of thing it's just that bringing yourself back into 
back into yourself, back into the the present moment. And it's just so, so calming. Um, Jace, do you, do you think that um, kids are experiencing more mental health issues these days or do you think that it's just more understood? I think it's more prevalent because we're talking about it mm. now. There's more conversation and kōrero around it. And plus also there's more distractions. There's more things vying for children's attention. Social media is huge, you know, like Fortnite. That, you know, where there was, remember that was big. I, I don't know if it still is, but last year I remember mm-hmm. going to schools and I'd ask them, uh, kind of leaning into about to tell a story about Maui, I'd say to the children, oh, who's your favourite superhero character? Because Maui to me is a, a superhero in Māori terms. <laughs> and they'd, they'd name off all the characters from from Fortnite as their superheroes, you know, and I'm like, mm. whoa, times have changed. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. and that, you know, just that just that alone, that that not being in the moment because you're so like almost in the rabbit hole of being distracted by a game. I have friends um who are super busy and I get it. I get it, you know, five kids to have to contend with as well as you've got a you've got um a full-time job and you come home and you've got to make them dinner. So while you make dinner you give them a tablet. And so they disappear into this world for uh, however long it takes for you to make dinner. And then maybe they're still doing it while they're at the dinner table. What happened to old school, be at the dinner table, tools down, let's just be with each other, let's speak. One of the other things I think I shared this in my TED Talk is, you know, through doing mindfulness, a child ended up calling out her dad at the dinner table and saying, Dad, put your phone down. Be with us. <laughs> Be present with us at the table. You don't need to. Oh, we're right here, man. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I remember um, I was, I think I was um, breastfeeding Milo and he would have only been like a, a couple of months old or something. And I spent a lot of time on my phone during those days because I was feeding him like all the time. It was kind of all consuming. So so I'd just like scroll on my phone. Then I found that like sometimes if I was kind of holding him in my arms, I'd be like scrolling through my phone, looking at photos and videos of him. And I was like, this is crazy. He's in my arms. Like he's in front of me. I can actually just look at him in real life. Um, And it's just... I feel like we're in this world where our our minds are just not content. Um, And they need to be occupied. They have to be occupied with something. Like even if it is looking at the same thing but just through a screen or a phone and it's kind of like moving images, that's what our brain needs. It needs constant stimulation. So I love that 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 kid called out their dad because like parents have – We've got real phone addiction issues and, like, uh, social media addiction issues. I know I do. Like, I work on it every day. It's really hard. Like, I always say that um, it's like it's like if you were an alcoholic and you were constantly walking around with a beer in your hand trying not to drink it. It's like mm. it's exactly the same. It's Great so hard to, to, to kick a habit when it's literally in your hand 
all the time. Mm. You know, it's really difficult. So, so I love the work that you do because it's just reminding us that like these tools that we can use to just try and stay off it a bit, you know, just mm. spend time with our family. That's it's the most important thing in the world is I mean, to have real relationships. Yes, and PSA, I was reminded the other day that uh, this one of my students said to me, oh, you seem to be so, like, you got it all together. You got it all together. And I didn't mean to laugh to his face, but I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> bro, if you even knew I am not, like, by any means perfect. In fact, I teach this stuff in order to remind myself. I The other day when we went out to that my uh, niece's first birthday, my partner's saying, put your phone down, man. Put your phone down. We're about to be with your family. You don't need your phone. In fact, leave it in the car. In fact, you don't need to take any photos. And you're off social media, so you don't need to take any photos. Just be with what's going on there. Cowed up. Good reminder. So I said to my student, no, I, I you know, I, I am still practicing this, this stuff. I have to. So we've made it a Sunday, tools down, no computers, no work to do. It's hard. <laughs> mm. um, put your phone away and just enjoy the day. Sundays, no, no, um, no tech, no nothing. And it's so nice though, Wayne. Eh? Like when you get to the end of a no phone day, you're like, I feel like I had a bunch of time. I, I felt relaxed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's madness, isn't it? We Kiwis love a good avo. We also love supporting New Zealand businesses. Fresh, locally sourced produce not only tastes good, but does good for the planet too. The team at the Avo Tree have perfected the supply of the humble avocado delivering the best quality fruit from their Bay of Plenty orchards to your doors without middlemen or cold storage. Just perfect every time, tasty as avocados. The Avo Tree have been in the business of supplying delicious, reliable avocados along with the best advice in the biz for over five years. They work alongside friends, neighbours and local growers to supply kiwis with the freshest avocados at side-of-the-road prices. Avos are super rich in healthy fats and essential nutrients. Perfect for your smoothies and your salads, and we're loving them for baby food. There's plenty to read on Avo Nutrition, ripening tips, and yummy recipes over on the Avo Tree website. Discover a whole new world of fresh at www.theavotree.co.nz, where you can explore a range of box and fruit sizes, and if you're Avo obsessed like we are, pick up an avocado subscription and keep your fruit bowl stocked. Plus, the awesome folk at the Avo Tree have generously offered well and good listeners 15% off their first box. All you need to do is use the promo code wellandgood at checkout. That's all lowercase, one word, well and good. Yes! Yes! I feel like you get to the end of a day. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often for us that we have a full day without social media, if no. we're, we're honest. We've, we've tried doing a, a Sunday uh, phone-free Sundays and stuff, and, and every now and then we will do it, and it's it's truly rewarding. Like, it, it kind of feels like you get to the end of that day, and it's like you've been swimming with your head up, like looking at all these cool things on this like riverbank when you've been swimming, as opposed yes. to spending the whole day just swimming with your head under the water, like <laughs> looking down at the bottom of a pool at a yes. you know, tiles on the bottom of a pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is so hey, true. Jace, how do you? How important do you think it is the like the the Maori stories and all that sort of history and learning uh, to like for our kids because like uh. I think it's 
for me, being a non-Māori, I think it's really important and I wish that I knew, uh, I wish I had a little bit more education in this area throughout my primary school and in my high school as well because for me, being like of European descent and not, you know, people say, oh, you know, where are you from? It's like, I mean, I don't even really know, you know. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't really have a, an identity or a sense of belonging and I just, you know, I feel like I'm a Kiwi but at the same time, you know, I feel like there's also a bit of a gap between what is a a, a European Kiwi and a like a Maori Kiwi and, mm. and yeah, it's, it's a weird sort of place to be, I think. Cool. There's so I, I literally just had this conversation with a brother yes, last night, him and his partner at dinner, about this very thing. And I, the first thing I'll say to that brother is it's okay to not know. What I feel, though, is that here's a wonderful opportunity to find out. And that's why I love right at the beginning of our cordial when you ask me what do I do and to give the listeners a kind of idea of what I do. That's what I love about Māori is that we say where we're from because there's that real sense of it informs who you are knowing where you've come from. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So it's not too late to find out where you're from. And how important is Māori stories to our children today? It's super important. If you live in Aotearoa, it's the sense of where you belong. Whether you are, whether your people have a lineage here or not, you are here now. You know, like if I was to, I lived in Australia for 11 years uh, prior to coming home and opening my yoga studio. And while I was there, I mean, that's a whole nother far out podcast <laughs> altogether about the Indigenous people of Australia. But I made it my duty to find out some stories to meet some Aboriginal people, to find out some stories, to know that, for example, I was in Sydney, that the Gadigal tribe is the local iwi of that of that area. Uh, but that was just me and that's just, mm, I suppose, what I, in order to understand where I was, I needed to know what, where, uh, who the people were of that area. Going back to that Indigenous thing, I think now more than ever, we are being reminded of how the Indigenous teachings of not just Aotearoa, not just Māori, but of all of the world, all of the Indigenous teachings, ancient teachings, can really, really help us through this current time on a global scale. An example is, bro, you and I, I don't know if you remember, we were in Melbourne and we there was an Aboriginal guy who got up right at the beginning of the Lululemon Ambassador thing and welcomed us. Yep, I remember. Yeah. And so his name's TJ. And I've been speaking about him because interested in how M3 could, not Māori stories, but could be introduced as a, a way to introduce mindfulness to the Aboriginal children through telling of Aboriginal stories. I got to know the bro TJ and he said to me that last year, you know how Australia had the fires, the Aboriginal people, and he was one of them, were trying to say to, to mainstream uh, broadcasters, our people have a way to stop the fires. We've had ways for many generations, many years. Hello, we can help. And they were just kind of flung off to the side. They were also saying, 
The fires are happening, guys, because we're not taking good care of Mother Earth. We're not taking good care of Mother Earth. Uh, talking to um, the First Nations people of Canada, again, through a Lululemon connection, speaking about how their, uh, their people have ways of being able to take better care of our health, to, um, to reconnect with breathing, isn't it interesting that I should go back? Maori people believe that COVID has happened because Papa Tuanuku has been giving us all warning signs like the fires, floods, earthquakes, everything on a global scale, saying, Y'all need to take better care of me. And then and then Booyah, we're not listening. She goes, I'm gonna send you to your room, quite literally shut shit down for you to think about how you're taking care of me. And isn't, and isn't it, going back to the Canadian link, isn't it interesting that COVID has taken away our breath in order for Mother Earth to breathe again? Mm. And so these ancient teachings, yoga as well, which teaches breath, you know, when Hoff technique that teaches breath, all these ancient, beautiful, rich teachings that come with awesome stories uh, are needed more than ever now to remind us, take better care of ourselves, take better care of the planet. Oh, I love everything about that so much. And and it's so true. I feel like we have been focusing so much on innovation and innovation that that we've forgotten about the wisdom that's already there. And it's like we just don't want to listen to this incredible wisdom that has been passed down through thousands and thousands of years of experience, you know. And and I feel like we can all attest to to the fact that you learn a lot from experience, mm. like not mm-hmm. necessarily – I think it's because we're part of this age where it's like we just keep learning and developing new technologies that we assume are better and going to improve our lives and improve everything around us um, more, you know, improve everything and just keep building on it and keep getting better and better and quicker Mm -hmm. and faster and more more technology and more internet speed and, you know, everything is going to be an improvement on everything. But I think it got to a point where it's – started to be detrimental to the planet, to our health, to to everything. Mm. I feel your word more just sums that all up, is that this technology age has created a sense of more. I need more. But in the ancient wisdom teachings and and mindfulness and and Zen Buddhism and all of that Eastern, very, very ancient yogic teachings, etc., not religious at all, and some may say airy-fairy, but at, at the heart of it is the teaching of I am enough, we have enough, you know, whereas technology is teaching us that we need more, I need more, I need more, I need more followers, I need more of this, I need more of that. Uh, whereas I loved, and I use an example in my life, I love that lockdown meant that I could just be here in my whare. We bought our house last last year and we have like you guys a garden a vegetable garden which my partner tends to so dutifully we have chickens that give us eggs 
they free range and probably drive the neighbours mad. <laughs> so we were sustainable in some ways, just like olden times, you know. Mm. And when we needed something, we'd go to the local grocer rather than the supermarket. It was back to basics is what I'm saying. It's like it stripped all the shit away that we didn't need almost and reminded us of what it was that mattered. And then I loved that. I know COVID was terrible. The lockdown was a terrible time for some, but I, I'm, I, I, I'm a glass half full guy. <laughs> so I chose to see the blessings that also came from those lessons, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. Like we felt the same with lockdown, didn't we? Like it was, it was a really crazy time, and I know like a lot of people went through, um, like a lot of, well, terrible things. Yeah, like, a lot of hardship. Yeah, yes. yeah, a lot of hard hardship. But but I think like if there is one positive to to take from it is that I found that I was a much more present mother. Like far more present because I wasn't thinking like, oh, I should probably get those emails. I should probably do this. I should probably like clean up before this person comes around and do do this and blah, blah, blah. Like I was just playing with my son and only thinking about playing with my son. And Beautiful. the learning that I took from that was like, this is what I, this is how I need to be all the time is like, if I'm going to be with him, I want to be with him and focus on, on him and have my mind completely there because mm. Like at the end of the day, emails are emails and they can wait. Yeah. Speaking about that sort of thing, this weird thing happened to me the other day, Jace. Uh, I didn't even know why I'm sharing this, but I thought I kind of just think. Oh, I was like, Get it share out. away. Yeah. <laughs> so I was feeding Milo. And oftentimes when I'm feeding Milo, like, so sometimes I'll, you know, I might even have my phone out and I'll be like, doing some emails or something under the table or something because I don't like him seeing me on my phone. But, you know, or, or I might be doing something, I might be a bit distracted anyway. Um, and so I was feeding him and I was just, but I, you know, my phone was in the, completely in the other, other room and I was just really focusing on him and, um, and suddenly my eyesight became really intense. So I started to like, I was just, it was weird, but I was like noticing every aspect of his face, like the drool dripping down the side of his mouth and like it, everything was just so clear and so crisp and it was like my senses were just heightened by being so incredibly present. Mm. It was um, it was quite amazing. It was like tr truly noticeable, but it was a quite a cool experience. It's oh, that reminds me of um, a story that Amelia Annie Canasio, the captain of the Silver Ferns, shared with me. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to, to name drop that. Was no, it go certainly into wasn't. It, I love. I love what she shared, uh, has shared quite a lot, actually. Um, she did her yoga teacher training last year and she's been coming to yoga for, oh, I would say, regularly about last two years. So still fairly new, but certainly getting the benefits on and off the court. But this story was about uh, the going, to, kind of leaning off your story around how pristine and focused you were. The World Cup finals last year and she shares about how, you know, when you watch a slow motion movie and everything just goes super slow and then you hear someone go, and breathe, breathe, that's how it felt for her. She said that 
even though the game was super quick and super fast in real time, it felt like slow motion to her and that mm. she could take her time to shoot a goal or take her time to be in the right position to be to take a pass. I was like, whoa, that's super buzzy. <laughs> and she, I said, well, what was the thing? And she goes, it was breath, Jace. It was breathing that I've learned on the yoga mat to be super present. How awesome that she chose to do that at the exact time when she <laughs> she needed it the most <laughs> ever. That's handy. That's handy. <laughs> I know. And she said, but here's the thing. She hasn't experienced it again since wow. then. A, and that she was able to draw. I was like, oh, that's some Jedi master trickery right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like her her deep down uh, subconscious. That's like right now's the time. I'm I'm going to take all of this experience, all this training, and I'm going to use it all up right now because this is really important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good time to use it. Um, eh? <laughs> yeah, totally. So for people that are looking to um, help their anxiety levels at the moment, because I would imagine a lot of people are experiencing a bit of a peak and and that sort of thing. What are some things that they can do straight away to help themselves in their respect? Kelda, I've just shared this this morning, so it's very topical. I, I would say first thing was three things, really. First thing is to know that it's okay to not be okay. I think we're told, well, I certainly was when I was young, and it's a generational thing for sure. I was whanga by my grandparents, so they're from that generation of suck it up, boy. You know, you'll be right. Just get over it. Get get over it. Get back into it kind of idea. But, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry, excuse <laughs> yeah. my language. Be, yeah, totally. It's okay to be okay. There's no shame and it's totally human to feel anxious at this time. It's totally human to feel fear, uncertain. It's normal. So that's the first step I would say. Second thing is also to name it. You know, when we meet our friends, we say, how are you? And then if they say, oh, I'm not good, the next question is, well, how can I help or what can I do? What about if we were to just do that for ourselves? How am I? Yesterday, I'll use an example because I was feeling this. I'm feeling anxious. Okay, well, what can I do? How can I help myself? I had a gap in between teaching and I felt shaky and not present. So I know straight away are something that will get me really earthed is to go out and be in nature. I wasn't at home. Normally I go out, take my shoes off and put my feet in the grass and actually ground down. But I went out and by my studio, it's by the waterfront in Wellington. So I went out and just walked along the waterfront. It was sunny and took some breaths. And no music, no nothing, no other distractions, just to be with that emotion, to notice it, to feel it. It's like visitors. I love this explanation. Emotions are like visitors. They come and they go. Sometimes they overstay. But, you know, they eventually leave in the end. Uh, And then the third thing is breath. 
And I see you doing your freaking Queenstown lake jumping that you did, bro. And you know the power of breath. It's profound. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, so, you know, how much could people just stop and <laughs> and take five breaths? That's all it takes. And I know it's really hard, but to stop and it does, you don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to do a mudra. You don't have to put on a cloak or beads or say it or burn incense, you can just do it anywhere and take five breaths and notice them, like really concentrate and notice your breath. And when you start to consciously focus on your breath for free, it slows down. And when you slow your breath down, it calms your nervous system down. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system scientifically, uh, which is the calming part of your nervous system. So any anxiety or uncertainty will not go away, but will certainly settle just through breathing. So I hope that helps. Yeah, totally. That will help help a lot of people, I think. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, I know when I'm feeling anxious, I've got – you're right. I think the first thing is just is actually realizing and telling yourself, being open Checking with, yourself, with yourself. Yeah, that, that, hey, you are feeling a bit out of sorts and um, and that it's okay and then figuring out and I guess like I think it's quite important to try out different techniques of addressing that and ways mm-hmm. of improving and seeing what ones resonate with you. Like for me, I know that I um, if I'm feeling like super anxious about something, um, I'll jump in a cold shower and it kind of like helps to reset me, um, controlling my breathing while I'm doing that you know, slow, deep breaths in, in and out through my nose, down into my my stomach, diaphragmatic breathing. That process is quite profound for me. Um, yeah, and then if I can, I'd l- I love to meditate, but sometimes I find, you know, if I'm too anxious or stressed out at the time, I can't, I can't quiet my mind during that period. I hear you. That and, that and exercise, like movement, some form of movement, um, really helps me out a lot. Yeah. What do you do, yeah. Maddie? I am pretty much... Exactly the same as you, Jace. I find that like being outside in nature is just the ultimate head clearing for me. If I can just go, like even just down the road to to the park, we've got a really um, beautiful park just near us, and just going down there, uh, like either by myself or take the dog and Milo, and just go and be in amongst the trees, take some deep breaths, just breathe in the fresh air and it can make such a difference. And I come home and I feel refreshed and calm and I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm just, I just have to reset and um, it's incredible, the power of nature. Yeah, or you go to the beach, eh? When you come back from the beach, you're yeah. completely reset. Yeah. Oh, that's the bomb. I just oh, like... Oh, that's my favourite place in the world. You, you, ideal... Someone asked me a question in an interview once, what's your ideal uh, zen place at the beach? Because there's water, I love water as well. At the beach with Kai and my friends and maybe my cats. Oh, <laughs> dream. Are they beach cats? Is that, no, <laughs> they could be though. I just have to train them. And, take uh, the chooks down as well. <laughs> yes. Well, my partner can take the chooks. Uh, but that, that's my ideal zen place. It's my happy place, man. But, I mean, my I said that and then I was like, oh, my teacher, I've got a teacher, my meditation teacher would say, no, Jace, your happy place is inside of you. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> 
Namaste is. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> hey, Jason, um, a while back in our in our corridor, you mentioned like that you've read a few self help books. Mm-hmm. Are there are there some that you would recommend that have like helped to I guess help with your journey the most? Two that I always recommend are uh, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. That is, for people who are not too spiritual, it's a really um, clear version of what holds us back in life and then also some clear tools slash practices on what can set us free. That really transformed me. I think it's there's that an order. Sounds like a good one. Yeah, it's a uh, it like transformed me in a real way. And I and I've read had read heaps of um, self help books up until then. The other one is, and this is this is if you're familiar with the Power of Now uh, by by Eckhart Tolle. It's the follow up book actually up on my shelf now uh, called A New Earth, which just speaks about. Everything really that we've just been speaking about, about about how being present in the moment can really transform your experience of your life. One of the things that really resonates with me that he says in that book is the experience you are having right now is the culmination of all of the moments that have come before this one. So, you know, if, if you're experiencing anxiety, it's happening maybe because of all of the things that have happened up until that moment. I truly, I get it. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> especially with the <laughs> shit moments. But so now when I am feeling untowards, I'm like, oh, what happened to get me to this place? How did I end up, how did I end up here is usually the question. And and I can usually quite clearly see the steps that it took to get me to that place. Again, I'm human, and those emotions that are untoward are going to come come and go. But I think in that book he also says the past informs where we are now, and right now informs what's about to happen in the future. So the more present we can be the more present we can be in our life means we are set up for a much more easeful, <laughs> let's put it that way, future. It's hard, mm. hard being human. <laughs> oh, I know. God, there's so many so many obstacles being a human, isn't there? It's also thoroughly enjoyable. Oh, oh yeah, hard I mean, out. Hey, disclaimer, you know? love being human, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jace, just going back to M3, so you go into some schools yourself, but you've also developed the program so that it's uh, like a series of videos, is that right? It's and online, then basically yeah. the schools can kind of just get those on board and then, I guess, bring it in and embrace it in part of their curriculum kind of thing? Yeah, you got it. It's So uh, when we go into schools, we do live sessions. If it's at a primary school, it can be anywhere from – half an hour to 45 minutes per session. And then if it's in a preschool, because younger children have less attention span, it's for 20 minutes to half an hour. 
And then and for those uh, areas around New Zealand that can't get us live, um, they have the option to uh, subscribe to our videos for, I've been told, a really small price and I never ever got into this for the money. I, if, in fact, if I could <laughs> viably and I didn't have a mortgage, I would say have it for free. And that's my hope is that one day the government will make it a free offering for our schools. It's part, it is part of the curriculum. Uh, so then, yeah, they buy the series of 10 videos, which are essentially the lessons that I would do live, but in video format. And it was particularly popular during lockdown. And during lockdown, I just did make them free because I was like, there's no way I'm going to make people pay for something that when they need it the most. Uh, Unfortunately, still a business and still have to make more material, more content. So uh, there's still a little subscription. But, yeah, that's how that works. Cool. And uh, just... Before we go, Jace, we have um, one final question and you might know it if you've heard our other podcasts, but um, if you could have three foods and three foods only for the rest of your life, what would I that love be? love it. <laughs> My partner's a chef and asks me this all the time and his answer changes all the time, but mine is always the same. Uh, three foods, right? Mm-hmm. Kumara. Because oh, yes. you can savorize that slash make that a sweet. It's very versatile. Kilda, thank you. You can roast it, mash it, all of it. Rice. Love it. Rice. So far, you're liking these options, aren't you? I know. These are like yeah. my two favorites. It's very carby. Eh? Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then the third one has to, I'm a real sweet too. So it would have to be um, can it be a whole dish? <laughs> We oh, might allow it, okay. depending on the dish. We'll allow. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll give, I'll give two options, but the yeah. last one is a um, uh, key lime pie from, oh, and this is very wow. specific, from Sweet Mama's Kitchen here in Wellington. Mm. Or if I, can place. Own, yeah. if I can only have one food, then it would be, uh, it would be eggs. Mm. Again, very versatile. Really very versatile. nutritious. And you know what? It's our podcast. We make the rules. You can have key lime pie. You could no, you what you could have all four you things. Have, oh, have because all four things. we've enjoyed this chat so oh, much. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Chase, you, thank you so much for your time. I yeah, we love really appreciate chat. it, man. Hey, how can people follow you on Instagram or check out M3? You know, what's the website? Thank and you. All that stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram as Jace Tepatu, my name, <laughs> and then M3. I was told it's too long, but I'm like, well, you remember it. M3, M for mother, three the number. Mindfulness for children. Mindfulness has one L. BT Dubs. Uh, mindfulness for children. That's on Instagram as well, and it's M3 Mindfulness for Children That's how. That's our website address. Cool. I don't think it's too long, just for the record. No. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. God, hey. we're letting it all through today. <laughs> you are. Very open. I love it. Open to possibility. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Neida te mihi manahi kia kōrua. Mō te kōrero, mō te kata kata for the laughs and for the, for the, for the talk. It's been awesome. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Raw Collective. And for any updates on our podcast or any of the other podcasts under Raw, head to rawcollective.co or you can follow them on Instagram at raw underscore collective.co. But wait, before you go, please subscribe to our podcast and also rate it and review it. Leave a nice little message. Leave a smiley face, maybe an emoji. (laughs) Or tell your friends. It's super easy. It takes two seconds and it would mean so much to us. Bye. Bye. Bye.